Well, what a week this has been. I mean, my wife Pamela and I, we've experienced the birth of our second grandchild. Zoe is her name, and what a wonderful, wonderful gift from God she is. But then not only that, but you and I, we have had the opportunity to spend time together walking through God's Word this week. Been doing that together. Doesn't get any better than that. I mean, (laughs) what a week this has been. But here we are again. This is David Carnes. This is the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And we are moving now just through the Gospel of John, continuing to do this. We are still in chapter 3. Today we are going to take a look at this man by the name of John the Baptist. We're going to begin to look at a text, by the way, that begins in verse number 22, a text that we are going to call the Attitude of Humility. And this is what this text teaches, and that is, part of a Christian's character is one that exhibits humility. This is what we see, by the way, in John the Baptist. And also, by the way, the main verse in this text, it's found in verse number 30. When John is speaking of Jesus, John says this. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Now, that is a statement of humility. So, we're going to begin today taking a look at this text. And as we start to look at all of this today, we're going to begin by just laying some groundwork. And by that, what I mean is we're going to begin by looking at what we're gonna call the scene. Now, again, this is a narrative, so we need to see where John is. We need to see what he's doing. We need to see what's going on in the text. And so that's what we're gonna do today before we go any deeper into all of this. And again, we just call this then the scene. But just laying some groundwork today. Again, a text, a text that is about humility, And again, we're going to see that this is the attitude that John the Baptist expresses. Again, humility. And so, let me take us to the text, John chapter 3 today, verses 22 through 24, as we spend time in God's Word. And we begin with point number one. Here it is. Write this down if you're a note taker. Point number one. We'll just call it the setting That's what we'll call it as we go into the text now, the setting. Now, we see this in verses 22 and 23 and 24. Always a good idea to see what's going on in a text. And so we start with verse number 22. So you're looking at your Bibles. Verse number 22 says this again. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside. Now, let's just stop there. You see that now. First of all, let me do this. Let me bring out that very first statement that we see in this verse after this, after this. Now, we need to ask the question here, and the question is, after what? What's being spoken of here? The answer is, after all the events that we've been reading about over the past couple of months, and what have we been reading about over the past couple of months? Well, first of all, we could go back to the account in chapter 2 where Jesus is seen in Jerusalem at the temple, driving out the money changers, driving out the vendors. That's one thing. But then not only that, but we then have the account of Jesus, and we've been looking at this now over the past month or so, Jesus and his discussion with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And so that little phrase, after this, this is what that is referring to. But then you look back at verse 22, the apostle John, he writes... This, he writes, Jesus and with his disciples went into the Judean countryside. Now, again, we stop right there. But we're told that Jesus took his followers. 
that he had been accumulating. He, he leaves the city. He leaves Jerusalem. And where does he go now? He goes out into the countryside. That's what it says. Now, we would ask the question, well, what's Jesus up to? Why would he do this? The answer more than likely is Jesus, he's taking his followers out into the countryside so, one, he can get away from the hustle, the bustle of the city, also so he can have this quiet time now with who? His disciples. We could even say that this was probably a time of teaching. Jesus taking advantage now, bringing his disciples together, he begins to teach them. By the way, there were probably out there in the, they were probably out there in the countryside for a few months. For some time, verse number 22 again says, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside and he remained there with them. So that word remained, that's a word that can speak of a length of time, just not passing through a place, but spending some time there. So maybe some months he spent out there in that countryside with his disciples. But then also as we just continue then to set the scene here, we also see, if you look back at verse number 22, that the text says that while in the country they were doing what? They were baptizing. That's what it says there in the text. You see that at the end of the verse. And so here is a picture of Jesus after his time in Jerusalem. He's now where? He's in the countryside, more than likely teaching his disciples. Also, what else is going on? There's baptisms taking place. He's, he's baptizing. And so that's what's taking place in the life of Jesus then at this point, after all of this. But then we move to verse number 23. And we move from Jesus, now we move to John the Baptist. Now look at verse number 23 with me. You look back at your Bibles, verse number 23, the text says, John also was baptizing at Enon near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized. Now again, we're looking at John the Baptist now. He's brought up. few things to bring out here. But again, at the same time that Jesus is out in the countryside, so is John the Baptist. He's still out there. But understand this, both Jesus and John are doing what now at the same time? They're both conducting ministry. We could say there's an overlap of ministry taking place here. But now with that said, let me pull some things out here. But first of all, we see again, both Jesus and John, what are they doing? Ministry is taking place. But to be specific, baptizing is taking place. They were both baptizing. Now this is interesting, and, and we've brought this out before. But this baptism that is being spoken of here... This is that baptism of repentance that we have brought out before, especially in John's ministry. That was John's baptism. And this baptism was nothing more, and hear me on this, but this baptism of repentance, it was nothing more than a person making a statement, and that statement was, I am demonstrating a cleansing, a washing. This cleansing is the repentance of sin in my life, confession of sins and turning from sins. It's a, it's a physical bath on the in, outside demonstrating a cleansing on the inside. That's all this was. The baptism of, of repentance was an act that someone would say, I really want to be found spiritually clean when Messiah comes. That's, that's what it was all about. 
And so this baptism of repentance, this is, by the way, and let me throw this in here, this baptism of repentance, it is not what we would call Christian baptism. Christian baptism, understand, did not begin until Acts 2, at the birth of the church. After the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, that's when that began. Remember that when baptism was instituted, and just a quick lesson on this, that was a picture of the believer's old life being buried and then the believer's new life being resurrected. That's what baptism is about in Acts 2. That's what baptism is about even today. By the way, Paul speaks of this. He speaks of it in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. But this is what's going on. But at this particular time, both Jesus and John, we need to see this, they were baptizing people. By the way, interesting statement in verse 23, you look at it. John was baptizing in Enon because water was plentiful there. Do you see that? But why was he there? Because that's where a lot of water was. Listen, you need a lot of water to do baptism properly, right? If you're going to immerse someone, you need a lot of water. But an interesting little statement to bring out. But then also, let me say this, but also at this, at this time, what is happening is, again, as I've stated earlier, the ministries of Jesus and John, there's an overlap now. Both are in the midst of doing basically the same thing. Both are in the midst of preaching. Both are in the midst of teaching. Both are in, in the midst of baptizing all at the same time. You ask, well, why is this overlap taking place? The reason for the overlap is John's ministry of proclaiming Messiah and announcing the coming of Messiah. It's not quite over yet. He still has this call on his life. And so at the front end of, the front end of Jesus's ministry, John's ministry is still taking place. It has not ended yet. Again, he is still that voice proclaiming Messiah. But then, just moving on then, back to verse number 23, then we're told that John, again, he was baptizing at a place called Enon near Salim. Now, here's a very interesting point, another interesting point in all this. It's believed, first of all, Enon was a place that was actually located in Samaria. That's north of Jerusalem. That's a good 40, 45 miles north. Now we ask, is there something to this? The answer is yes. And I want you to hear me on this. What I mean is, what this tells us is, as Jesus moved out of Jerusalem, he goes out into the Judean countryside, John left the area, and he went north. Now remember, back in John chapter 1, verse number 28, it tells us that when we were first introduced to John, that he was in that area called Bethany across the Jordan. You remember that? That's not far from Jerusalem. That's just east of Jerusalem, right to the north of the Dead Sea. So that's where he was, just on the outskirts there of Jerusalem when we first are introduced to him. But in other words, what this tells us, though, is this. John, he's not interested at all in taking any of the limelight from who? Jesus. John wasn't interested in trying to compete with Jesus. And so what does he do? He leaves the area completely. 
And he goes north. Again, the focus needs to be who? Jesus. And he knows that. And so what that reveals to us is this. Early on, John is what? He's a humble man. There's humility that is expressed here. And understand, but this man, John the Baptist, this man that was a prophet, this man that was from a line of priests, this man that had been called by Jesus the greatest man that had ever lived, this man that had been given the assignment to prepare the way for Messiah, to introduce Messiah, it, don't you think, would have been very easy for him to claim some, some kind of privilege it would have been very easy for him to say, you need to listen to me. You need to follow me. I am the one who needs to stay near Jerusalem and preach and baptize. I mean, it would have been very easy for him to say something like that, right? But that's not what he did. He left the area. And understand, but he is doing again exactly what we hear him say in verse 30, when again he says, he must increase and I must decrease. This is what this is. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. But now with that said, again back to verse 23. Look at it again with me. Verse number 23. The text says, and people were coming and being baptized. Now again, this is speaking of John's ministry. People were still coming. By the way, large crowds were still coming. Matthew chapter 3, verse 5, by the way, tells us this. Large crowds were coming to him. It says that Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions about the Jordan were going out to him. I mean, his popularity was still great. And again, this is such an important point simply because even with the great crowds, John knew he had to give Jesus his space, that Jesus needed to begin to speak to the crowds. And so, again, John, then he just moves north. But now, with that said, uh, let me do this. And I think there needs to be a word of clarification also in this. Let me bring this out. But, again, just focusing in on the baptism, the, the mention of baptism here, in both of the ministries, the ministry of Jesus, the ministry of John the Baptist. Jesus baptizing, or Jesus baptizing, and actually back in verse number 22. Back in verse number 22, we are told that Jesus was baptizing. Now again, a word of clarification here, and I want you to make note of this. But if you were, and, and just look at your Bible again, but now go over to John chapter 4. Look at verse number 2. I want, to, I want you to see this. It gives greater detail about this. But in John chapter 4, verse number 22, do you see in your Bible where it says, Although Jesus Himself did not baptize, but only His disciples? Now, understand this. Jesus Himself actually was not baptizing anybody. Jesus was not. But when we see in verse number 22, a mention of Jesus and a baptism related to Him, the way to actually understand this is Jesus was calling people to be baptized. And then His disciples were actually baptizing the people. This is how you look at this. Now, you ask, well, why was that? The reason is very obvious. Here's the reason. Wouldn't it be obvious, and don't you think it would be easy to boast and to brag and say, guess who baptized me? 
Jesus baptized me. And then don't you think pride could set in to the person who was baptized by Jesus? It could become a big pride thing. By the way, we see this, and Paul dealt with this as well. We see this with Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, when Paul said to the church at Corinth, he said, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say you were baptized in my name. In other words, Paul knew if he started baptizing people, people would say, well, guess who baptized me? Who baptized you? Oh, it wasn't Paul. Paul baptized me. Pride would set in. So the same thing's taking place here. But I just give you that as a point of clarification. Now, understand this also as we continue on then. We look, and now as we look, we go on to verse number 24. But as we go back to verse number 24 now for the first time, look what it says. In verse number 24, the apostle John writes about John the Baptist. For John had not yet been put in prison. Now, again, let me say it this way, yet another interesting piece of the text. I say this because we might ask the question, why is that there? Why did John the Apostle write that? Why did he include that little statement about John the Baptist not being in prison yet? Now, understand this. We know, it's obvious, John had not been put in prison yet. I mean, we're looking at this text and we know, well, where is he? Well, he's in Enon, preaching and baptizing. He's not in prison. So why does John the Apostle write that? Here's the answer. The answer is this. If you were to go and read Matthew's Gospel, if you were to go and read Mark's Gospel, the two men write about the account of John baptizing Jesus. Both of them do, Mark and Matthew. But in their accounts, after John baptizes Jesus, the very next thing you hear about John in their Gospels is he's in prison. They don't include what we're looking at here. And what John simply does is he wants to make sure that we do know that there was an overlap of the ministries that there was a time between the baptism of Jesus and then the imprisonment of John the Baptist, and that time included both men were in ministry out in the countryside. He simply wants us to understand the timeline that's going on here. And so, so glad that John does that. But now, with all that said, we've looked at the scene. That's point number one. Well, that is a look at John the Baptist. Also, some insight into the ministries of Jesus and John as they overlapped a bit. But again, just setting the scene here today. But when we come back and we pick up this text again, we will see that an issue arises, which will then take us into some wonderful insight into the attitude of humility and how John exhibits this trait for us to see so very, very clearly. But let me say that it has been a joy as always to be with you today. May you have a blessed weekend. Hope you find yourself in a Bible teaching church on the Lord's Day, and we will see each other again on Monday. 
as we spend time in God's Word.